Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, and welcome everybody to another episode of Pod Strickland. I'm your host, Shwini Poo, and this is episode 372. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Stacy. That is at StacyPatton89 on Twitter. Stacy, how are you doing on this Tuesday afternoon? Uh, I'm desperately in need of some slop, man. Got any, you got any more of that slop? Uh, I I would love any slop that is uh, more than uh, oh the the Brooklyn Nets will not trade Mikel Bridges for prime Michael Jordan that would be a welcome slop but uh, I don't know if we're gonna get it uh, but before we get started I do have to make a few announcements the first being that the Strickland has an Instagram check that out that is at the Strickland Instagram posting all kinds of new content on there the Strickland also has a YouTube channel where you may be watching this podcast if you are and you're not done so already please hit like. Subscribe to the channel. Leave us a comment. That would be a huge help to us. The Strickland also has merchandise, which you can find on our website, www.thestrick.land. There's a link that you can find there that will take you to the merchandise store. And we got all kinds of cool stuff there. T-shirts, sweatshirts, hats, coffee mugs, water bottles, you name it. We've got it. The Strickland also has a Patreon, which you can subscribe to. There are a number of different tiers. There's a six-star tier that gets you access to Pod Strickland, the podcast that I host, host every Friday with Prez. You also get access to... Takes from Obvious Bozos, our newest podcast that is hosted by Andrew Steele, a.k.a. Doug, along with Zach Blatter. You also get access to the Strickland Discord, where the conversation never stops. There are further tiers. There's a $9 tier that gets you access to Strick and Roll, my solo powder. I rant and rave for the next even more. You also get access to wonderful premium articles by Matthew Miranda, one of the best in the business. And now you get access to Strictly NFL, our newest podcast that is, you guessed it, host. That is, you guessed it, sorry, about the NFL that is hosted by Constantine Metricos and Jeffrey Rasmussen. There are further tiers. There's a $15 tier, $30 tier, $50 tier, and a $100 tier. Those come with a variety of additional benefits like listening to pod recordings, merchandise discounts, and even potentially co-hosting a podcast alongside yours truly one day, whether you choose to subscribe or not, and this will be possible without you. And none of this will be possible without Bet Online. It's playoff time, and the usual suspects are heading to Vegas for the championship. And our partner, Bet Online, is your number one source for football odds, stats, trends, and lines with everything from point spreads to hundreds of bets on everything from the coin toss to the color of Gatorade. Bet Online is the number one source for your championship wagering. Head to Bet Online today and join today to get into all the action. Bet Online, the game starts here. Um, what are you doing for the Super Bowl? I'm actually going to uh, Long Island. My sister's boyfriend's older sister uh, had a baby, so uh, I haven't seen um, the baby yet, and so I'm going to watch Super Bowl there, uh, Hopefully, hoping for a Chiefs win. Um, How about you? I will, uh, I will be at my friend's place, uh, and I presumably – Will um will be you know uh trying to numb my senses uh <laughs> as I watch two teams that I absolutely fucking hate um for different reasons um you just gotta shake it off you know 
There you go. Classic Stacy. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I actually, I'm, I don't know. I'm not even sure this is going to be a good game. I, I kind of feel like Kansas City might just like stomp them. I don't trust Kyle Shanahan at all. I really don't. Um, I don't know. Fuck him. He's such a loser. Jeff Fisher with the flat room. Somebody, somebody actually asked this yesterday. Who's the Brock Purdy of the NBA? Um, my answer is Conley because, like, I think Conley is both underrated and overrated, and I think that's kind of what's happened with Purdy. Like, he's more than a game manager, obviously, but he shouldn't be in MVP discussions. But um, I think his answer was um, was Tatum actually because he felt like Tatum is pretty underrated for how or like I think you were talking about how the conversation around Tatum from Boston fans is kind of gross at this point, but. Tatum's just weird. He's like, he's really good. Um, not sure I would want him as my number one option. Actually, I'm pretty sure I wouldn't want him as my number one option. You can like, you can obviously be a contender and win with him potentially as number one option, but uh, you do need a stack team. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Um, would you rather have him as your number one option or um, a certain Villanova point guard? That's yeah, I'd rather have Kyle Lowry. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Oh, would, you, would you take Brunson over Tatum at this point? Like in in, uh, I guess like are you just talking about as a number one option? Yes, I think so. Yeah, their, so. their numbers are like dead even this year, offensively at least. Um. I mean, the the thing is, like, th- this is always a weird discussion because if we're just talking about offense, like scoring, all that stuff, then yes. But, like, that's obviously not how basketball works. And um, Tatum is obviously much better than Brunson defensively. Like, not it's not even a con- – like, you know, it's not a contest there. Um, but – Again, uh, hopefully the Knicks can get healthy because I think that Brunson has all of the infrastructure um, that I don't want to say like is required, but uh, he has better infrastructure around him than he's ever had in his career um, in terms of mitigating his weaknesses, accentuating his strengths, blah, blah, blah. It'll. It would be nice to see a healthy Knicks team going into the playoffs, uh, and and see what Brunson can do because, um, you know, last year obviously he was fantastic in the playoffs. Randall was injured and he did not play well. Obviously, quickly struggled at the time. The Knicks did not have an OG and an OB. They had to routinely play lineups. I guess. Too, right? So. Yeah, I, I guess I don't want to say had to, but they they did play lineups routinely with two non-shooters or not shooters that are respected at all on the wing. Um, so it was a very very difficult thing for Brunson, and um, you know if if he gets the healthy a healthy Knicks team around him going into this year's playoffs, I think he can do some real damage. I think he can take them further. I think they have a chance to go to a conference finals, maybe even go to the finals. Um, but it, it depends on health. So I guess to answer your question, like offensively, yeah, I take Brunson over Tatum. Like I, I think I said that last year. That I mean, I I've consistently been lower on Tatum than you. I, I like Tatum. I think he's a really good player. I actually loved him coming out of the draft, but um, 
I think he has been wrongly profiled as a number one scoring option. And I don't know. I mean, he, he, I guess the best way to put how I view Tatum is that he is pretty close to being the worst. Like he's as bad. I'm using heavy air quotes here because he's not bad, but he is as bad as a number one option can be to still be a contender in the right circumstances. He's like the Mendoza line. Yeah. I don't think you can be worse than Tatum to be a number one option on a championship team. You can definitely be better. <laughs> you can definitely be better. Well, I mean, how would you compare him to like prime Paul George? I think Paul George is a better offensive player for sure. Yeah. He's it's the same archetype, but Paul George, obviously Kawhi were like fully realized version of that. Right. Whereas Tatum, especially it's really the near the rim. He's actually been better at that this year, but um, you know, just the volume and kind of the finishing ability that those two had, he's probably not quite there. Yeah. I mean, Kawhi is obviously just on a totally different planet compared to him. Um, But PG, I don't know. PG is close because PG was awesome. Obviously he was really, really good in Indiana. Uh, I think, it's almost like crazy that we all his recovery from his injury has been pretty yeah. awesome. Um, and I think we've, I, I know I do I forget how devastating an injury that was at the time. And people, I mean, there was definitely an adjustment period for him when he returned, not the same high flyer he was when he was younger. Um, but like he adapted his game. He's become a more complete scorer probably. Uh, but like Tatum, I think, the highs, like when he is playing well, when he's got that pull up going and everything, it looks so easy for him. And I mean, more so than Tatum, PG is just way smoother. Um, but like those highs come with like he'll have a month, you know, Tatum might have months where you're like, holy shit, is this guy like, how can you stop him? He is hitting pull ups at a crazy level. And then another month, you're just like, holy shit. He is shooting like 25% on pull-ups this month. This is terrible. Um, so those that that variance, those swings offensively for those guys, just given the nature of their games, is a problem. Um, and and to Tatum's credit, like he has improved a lot this last couple of years, I would say, in terms of his ability to get to the rim. But he's just not ever gonna be a high-level rim pressure guy. And and neither is Paul George, and Paul George really never was. So I, I do think that's like a pretty good comparison. And honestly, like I think Celtics fans would take that as an insult or they, they view that as insulting, but like, I don't like, I think Paul George is awesome. Paul George is a first bat hall of famer. He like, he's going to be enshrined as soon as he, he was pretty he, damn good in Oklahoma city too, by the way. Yeah. He was good in Oklahoma city. He was good in Indiana. He's good in LA. Like when he's look, healthy. Yeah, and and I just I, I don't think it's an insult to compare them at all. Um, I just look. Let's be let's be fucking honest. Like Tatum has been playing on stacked teams his entire career. Like he has. I'm sorry. Like it, it. Like he does not impact. Like this idea that like he singularly impacts winning at this level. That like no no like oh Paul George could never do that. Put fucking prime Paul George on these Celtics teams. I want to see something like. They'll be fine. They'll they'll be fine. They might even be fucking better. Maybe they don't fucking piss their pants against the Warriors in 2022 in the finals. Um, so I don't know. Like I 
I think Tatum's really good. Like, let's like if we're gonna be honest, he's never been close to an MVP candidate, like a genuine MVP candidate. Yeah, and I mean, and like top five ten, it'll be on that NBA MVP ladder. But yeah, and given the fact that like that says something, given how good the Celtics have been his entire time there, and how good they are right now. I mean, they're the best team in the league by basically every metric. And is there any, any MVP buzz for Jason Tatum at all outside of like the city of Boston and Bill Simmons podcast? The MVP con has also been weird. Like I think someone brought up in the strict court, Kawhi isn't even getting that much MVP love where like he hasn't, he's actually only missed four games. He's shooting at an absurd level. Um, Reminds me of myself. Yeah. I mean, it, it tells you, I think though, like with Tatum, right? Like he's a very, very good player, but you know, it, you have to be well-rounded, right? From a standpoint of finishing, being aggressive, getting to the cup, throwing it down, getting to the line, making your free throws, your mid-range game, your ability to shoot the turnaround jumper over both shoulders, your one dribble pull-up, your two dribble pull-up. The fact that Brunson is in that convo, despite being his size, it tells you just high, how high that threshold is. And that threshold exists for um, for bigger players as well. Um, and um, yeah, I mean, I, I think... I'm probably still a little higher than you on Tatum, but also it's been like, I've probably, I have every year have been like, people are writing off, you know, like that warrior series. People are writing off this fact that he's still a developing player. What is he now? 25? Uh, Yes. So it's still not over, but you have seen several seasons where the same kind of things still a little bit, not quite as consistent as you'd like, still a little bit streaky cannot just rely on getting to the rim on a game when his shot isn't falling, right? Um, in a way that a guy like Kawhi can, the way that um, Brunson can. Um, and I think that's probably the most frustrating thing for, for a lot of Celtics fans um, and, and, and NBA fans. But, um, but I, I think he's still a top 10 player. Um, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think that, um, I, I think it just speaks to just how impressive what Brunson is doing is to be in that convo because he is the guy who is that complete. Um, he doesn't really have off nights at this point. If he's shooting the ball poorly, he can get to the rim. He can get to the foul line um, in a way that, you know, sometimes if the shot isn't falling, you don't quite get that from Tatum, right? Um, finding a way to impact the game on defense. Uh, obviously, like you said, not on Tatum's level. Um, but, um, but I mean, I, I think that he should be getting MVP buzz as well. Um, and I think, you know, it was since the Randall injury, it's kind of been absurd what they've asked him to do. Um, uh, the Knicks have somehow gotten three and one, but I think Prez posted this, um, Brunson is averaging 25 drives a game, um, which, you know, shows you that the Knicks offense is really, really starved of, of creators with Randall out, but, um, more to the point, I mean, the guy's playing 40 minutes a game, constantly driving into packed paint um, and still scoring efficiently. Um, you know, even even the Lakers game where he was inefficient, that was probably his most inefficient game of that stretch. Um, he had 36. Um, and, um, you know, it, it's going to be interesting to see what the Knicks do. Um if OG is out for an extended period of time, I really liked what Precious has given them. But you saw when, you know, what the Lakers were able to do is, is 
trap Brunson. And even if you have, you know, if you hit Hart, um, they don't have to guard Hart at the three-point line. And they can basically, a four-on-three turns into a three-on-three because of Precious is in the corner. Um, They're they're willing to live with that. Um, So the fact that, you know, Brunson is averaging 25 drives a game with that, um, that level of load um, is pretty pretty impressive i don't know if it's sustainable um, it's not sustainable you can't stay in 25 fucking drives a game that's nuts that's like um, but it, it shows you how, how how difficult it is um so with that i think we can talk about um you know what's going on with the trade market and you know i mean it seems like the knicks absolutely have to get some kind of creation right because you'd think that um yeah to your point this isn't sustainable um yeah i mean look i would love to be um of i would love for the knicks to make a move i think they need to get somebody and nobody they're going to get is going to be a perfect fit um whoever they get is likely to be flawed in some way but they definitely they need something they just need more bodies like you can't i i personally still am pretty not concerned about this og thing like i, I don't think that it's I look, I none of us know. Okay. So any any if somebody thinks he's out for fucking three months now, that's as you know, based in logic and, and reason as me thinking that it's not a big deal. Um, but even if he is healthy, like you lost Julius Randle. You know, like Julius Randle's out for right now. Uh, who knows when he'll be back? We don't know. We're gonna we know that he's gonna be reassessed what in two to three weeks, they said, and that was a week ago, so one to two weeks now, I guess. Um like we don't know we don't know about OG we know about Randall and without Randall i mean they don't have enough creation we know this we see it it's visible and it increases the load on Brunson and yeah when OG is healthy you can probably still like get away with it right you can figure it out but when OG is out, I don't know. Like we, we, I mean, it, it sucks because we didn't even get to see what this team was like without Randall, but OG healthy. Cause he missed the next game and he's been out since then. And Grimes has missed uh, the last three games. Also, I think he's out tonight as well. Like they're short on bodies. They're short on shot making. They're short on spot up shooters and they're short on creation. Like, so they're, fighting uh at a deficit right now and they need to make a move to get somebody in because this this type of load is not sustainable for brunson and the east is there to be one as far as i'm concerned like and the knicks are within the like they're they're in the fucking boundaries of yeah they're yeah they're in striking distance they're in the boundaries of contention um they can't treat this as a write-off season now and and what I mean by that is not like I don't think they've ever operated in the in in the capacity of like this season doesn't matter, but they can't just be like, well, if we just make the playoffs, that's fine, that's enough. Like, I mean, yes, technically that's enough. Like, especially if the injuries. Look, if OG is out for the rest of the year for whatever reason, and Randall's out for the rest of the year, there's nothing they can do to to be a contender. There's nothing they can do beyond make the playoffs. To be quite honest, like that's how important those guys are. But like, if you if they are you know, if you if we take them at face value, 
And we assume that both OG and Randall are very likely to be back. OG, obviously, sooner than Randall. And that Mitch has a legitimate shot at being back um, by the playoffs. Like, and Grimes obviously should be back as well. Like, I, I don't know. Like, if, you, if you're operating under that assumption, I still think you need another body for right now because you owe it to your team to try to stay afloat as best as you can until Randall is back. And in that sense, like, look, do I love Jordan Clarkson? No. Do I love Bruce Brown? No. Do I like, I don't love these guys, but like they, they give you a functional body who is an actual NBA caliber rotation player. Jordan Clarkson, probably better. And, and obviously has a skill set that the Knicks, lack aside from Brunson especially right now um but like we just got off of two games where they played effectively seven and a half fucking or six and a half players you know like you know they had the starters Deuce gets minutes off the bench and then Jericho uh got some like token minutes and uh somebody else too Malachi Flynn who's fucking awful by the way so bad um but like that's and and Jericho is you know again he's playing just because they need him to, but like Jericho Sims at the four, can we be fucking serious? Like we need more. We need another body. We need to weather the storm, so to speak. And um, I think this front office deserves a lot of credit for getting the team to this point. But now that you're at this point, uh, you know, as Peter Parker's uh, uncle says. With great power comes great responsibility. And um, they have a responsibility now to this team that they've built and is as good as it is. And honestly, they owe it to the team. They owe it to the coach. Like, you're in that – like, you can't just operate at this deadline like, well, this stuff's too expensive, can't do anything. Like, I don't don't know. I I think they're – I'm completely fine with them waiting until – the deadline itself to make a trade. And I think ultimately like sellers need to come down on their prices too. But man, if they don't make a move, I would be really, really, I'd be concerned. I'd be worried and I'd be upset, especially if like you see guys like Brogdon or Clarkson or Brown or whoever move to teams at prices that the Knicks could have matched. If they were not to make a move, would you take that as a sign that things are actually really bad with Randall and OG? Because like I you almost, said, isn't that, isn't that more of an indication that things are good? Well, I guess my take, my view on it would be to your point, right? If Randall and OG are healthy, this is a contender, but even if they're healthy, you need another creator. That That's something we saw for a while. Um, Deuce clearly for all the strides he's made, isn't that, um, you need at minimum someone like a Tyus Jones, maybe we can talk about that. But, um, but if they don't make that move, I wonder if it means that they're like, no, Randall and OG aren't coming back, and any move we make is so. If we make any move, it doesn't matter, right? Because we're not going to be able to do anything anyway, right? So if like my inference, that would be my inference. If they don't make a move, I don't think they're complacent necessarily as a front office. If they don't make a move, I think it would be like. They're not coming back. We're not making noise this season, and it's not worth it to use up assets to try to make that happen. Because if they if they are coming back and then you don't make a move, that would be very surprising to me for the reasons you mentioned. Uh, I don't know. I, I 
I I don't I, I I almost feel like if they don't make a move, it's good news. I, I agree with you that I and you believe that they should get another creator irrespective of that. But there's been way too much reporting. Begley's had this, but like there's been way too much reporting that prior to Randall's injury, there was some thinking internally that maybe we don't touch this group at all. Maybe we let it play out. I personally, like now, obviously that could be posturing as well, right? Oh no, we totally, we don't need to make a move. Our group is great. You can't hold us. Like you can't hold us to ransom because we are happy with this team. Obviously there's, there's leverage games being played as well, but like, I don't know, like they have shown in the past that they are comfortable betting on internal development, internal growth. We've seen that multiple times throughout their time here. Um, most notably not training for Donovan Mitchell, right? That was a big bet on effectively we like this roster as is, and we think it can it can be competitive in the East. Um, I don't think it's outrageous to think that maybe they were like, hey, you know what? Evan Fournier's got a team option. If we need to keep that salary alive just to like have it on our books to trade later, we can just give him the team. We can just guarantee his next season, and voila, like now we still have that expiring salary. Um so I, I don't know. Like I, I I don't know if it says anything one way or the other. Like if it if they don't make a trade, I don't think it says anything. If they do make a trade, I don't know if it says anything about the health of OG or Randall either. Like I think that that effectively the reason they need to make a trade now is because they're down those guys and they are in a position as a group that they need to try to maintain their positioning because they've kind of they've pushed their way up right towards the top of this Eastern conference and Philly with Embiid situation. They look fucking done. I, I mean, the reporting on that entire thing is so weird where it's like, they refuse to say he tore his meniscus. It's like, or that he got surgery. It's like, oh, he had a procedure like, okay. Yeah. Uh, it's called surgery. That's what the procedure is called. Um, so I, I don't know. Like I, I, I just think because of the, the way the East is set up right now, Honestly, like aside from Boston and Cleveland, I don't really have that much concern about playing any other team. You're more concerned about Cleveland than Milwaukee. Yeah, easily. Not not it's not even close to me. Like Milwaukee's a fucking joke. They're they're fucking awful. Like they're just a bad basketball team right now. They can't defend. Maybe there's look, there's obviously the chance that Dame finds his rhythm and goes off. I also think people are just being dismissive of the idea that like Dane is what 34. Like he, if we go back two years, he, his remember he comes back from the Olympics. He had that adductor injury that year. He, that he's he injury. Right. Yeah. But yeah, but he was bad that year. He was really bad. He had season ending injury, whatever comes back last year. Obviously he was awesome last year. Really, really good. Um, But like, this is this would not be the first time a player falls off in their mid 30s obviously and he's a guard right like generally those like they can decline around the time that dame at, around the age that dame is right now and then the other part that i think is just reality is like i mean he's a bad defender 
And this and that team is just fucking old. They're old. They don't have young talent, and they're not athletic at all. Like, is there anybody on that team that you're like, wow, what an athlete? Aside from Giannis, anybody? Marjan Bochamp. So anybody? Like guys that actually matter? <laughs> like I, I don't know. It just Zach and I, 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 yeah. That. <laughs> Yeah, what about they have AJ Green, dude? Six five wide receiver, t- twenty touchdowns a year. Um, yeah, yeah, AJ Green, really a, a true boundary threat. Um, no, I just I don't know, man. I, I I'm sorry, like, and I I gotta say this because I think it's been very fun. It's been very fun basking in the aftermath of defeating Cleveland in the playoffs last year, given all of the uh, circumstances and hoopla. Cleveland's really good, and uh, they're much better than they were last year. Their roster is better. Donovan Mitchell is playing better. I still have some concerns about how they manage their full rotation. Like, I and I, I still believe that Mobley Allen together in the playoffs is not a tenable front court situation if you're trying to contend. But, um, like, they're very good. And their defense is obviously legit. I mean, they were legit defensively against us. Well, I, I think they had the second best defense in the playoffs last year by defensive rating. Yeah, um, the, the worst two after the first round, the worst two offensive ratings were the Knicks and the Cavs. So, yeah, yeah. So it was a very defensive series. Yeah, and, and they were yeah they were really good defensively in that series. Obviously, we know that. Um, so like I don't know like I I'm I'm I. I would love to play Milwaukee. I don't think I would love to play this Cleveland team. I think they're really good. And not just that, like, I don't know. I mean, maybe they, they, especially when you forgetting just this season, right. When you're projecting out long-term Cleveland has options. They, they can make moves because they have talent on their roster that allows for that. Milwaukee's done. They don't have moves to make. What fucking moves are they making? You know, trade, like you're going to get a haul for 36 year old Brooke Lopez. Well, they hired fucking, Doc Rivers. Rock Divers. Um, yeah, he's fucking awful. But, like, I don't know. I, I just – I'm not – I'm pretty out on this Milwaukee team. I had them as my favorite to come out of the East starting before the season started. And, I obviously, a lot of that, in all honesty, was purely based on the fact that I could not, in good conscience, pick Boston. Um, and, obviously, I didn't realize the Knicks would become the greatest team of all time midseason. So – um, I, and I look, I love Giannis. I, he's awesome, but like, I don't know, man, that, that team is just fucking, I have zero faith in them, especially like, you brought it up. I mean, look, Doc Rivers hasn't been to the fucking conference finals since KG was playing for the fucking Celtics. So, you know what I mean? Like it, it's been a long ass fucking time. But doesn't that just tell you been... that anything is possible? Exactly. Exactly. Uh, but like, he's just, like, he's, he's not a good coach. He's not a good playoff coach anyway. Um, I don't know. I, I'm pretty out on this team. I think they're just like, I don't know. I, I could see them playing a team like, I honestly, if they play Cleveland, I think Cleveland might embarrass them. I think, I think that series could actually get pretty ugly for them. Just those matchups are not good for them at all. And I, and honestly, like if we're healthy by the playoffs, we should embarrass them. Like we are a better basketball team than them. They might have the best player. We have a better fucking team. If Randall shows up, we should win that series walking away. Yeah, no, I mean, 
I'm probably not quite as out on Milwaukee as you. Um, it could be true that Dame is declining. Um, I, I obviously think Brunson or Mitchell were more deserving all-stars than he was. Um, but for a series, I still, yeah, I think a Dame Giannis pick and roll can just change a series. So I don't know that I'm quite out on them to that level yet. Um, that, having said that, there are a lot of holes. Um, and I don't know, you know, even if Dame, Dame finds the range again, he's always going to be someone who's going to get picked on on defense. Uh, I, I agree with you. Uh, Cleveland is scary. Um, the one of the, I, I said this in the court, like one of the things that's most, um, you know, if you're, if you're Cavs fan, it should be very encouraging. And if you're Knicks fan, a little bit sobering is Donovan Mitchell has legitimately been a, a very good defender this year. Um, and an engaged version of Donovan Mitchell that isn't getting cooked constantly by Brunson and can make plays off ball. That's concerning. Um, they have depth. I gotta be honest. I didn't, I thought he was fine defensively last year too. That's, that's like, that, that's why I'm like less, I don't know. Uh, I don't want to say impressed. Like I'm not less impressed than you are, but like, I think his leap defensively this year is a little bit exaggerated because I already thought his defense last year was fine. Like to, to the point you're talking about, did Brunson cook him? Sure. Brunson cooks a lot of guys. Brunson cooks a lot of really, really good defenders. I didn't, I, and, and again, like we just mentioned earlier, they had the second best defense in the fucking playoffs at the end of the first round. You know what I mean? Like their defense was good. Their defense is going to be good as long as they have Jared Allen and or Evan Mobley available to them. Like, that's just what those guys are capable of. So that part of it, to me, is not a big deal. Well, the part that's a big deal is more like these supporting guys. Like, I wanted Struce. Like, I thought Struce would have been a good target for the Knicks for a reason. I, I believe there's some reporting that he might have actually been the Knicks' top target. I think the finances obviously got paid more than the Knicks paid DiVincenzo. Knicks paid DiVincenzo four years, 50. He got four years, 63 from cleveland um so whatever the point is like he's helped even though he hasn't shot the ball as well as he has at times in, in miami um he's helped sam merrill has been a huge find for them that guy is a fucking lights out shooter uh and then you know like they they played lineups with more spacing i do think the mobile or not something we've already talked about mobile out but i do think the garland mitchell thing is something to watch because they found something pretty special when Garland was out. And I'm not saying that's because Garland's bad. I think Garland's really good, actually. Um, but there's something to Donovan Mitchell as the clear-cut you know, ball handler. There's no ambiguity. There's no sharing of responsibilities. Um, and obviously, like you can then pair Donovan Mitchell with a stronger defensive player next to him, right? Garland... Actually, I think Garland tries pretty hard on defense. I don't think he's a bad defender, but he's not a good one. And I think him and Mitchell will always have some weaknesses when you pair them together. Um, but when Mitchell was out there without Garland, you're able to field stronger defenders next to him. And again, they since they have better spacing, it's not been as much of a problem. Um, now, is that sustainable? I'll, I'll the, like responding real quick to the point on the defense. So in EPM, he has a plus 1.3 defensive EPM. That's the same as Quentin Grimes. It's higher than guys like Wendell Carter Jr., Gary Payton II. Um, obviously, Is that higher than Josh Hart? Um, it has to be. Um, higher than Nick Claxton. Um, higher than, you know, Scotty Barnes. So, like, he has 
legitimately been impactful this, this year. Uh, his steals are up career high 1.9 steals per game. Um, and his defensive box plus minus last year was last year was improved to your point. It was 0.6, which to that point had been a, a career high. This year is up to 1.7. Um, so advanced stats definitely see another leap from like he was solid defender last year to actually a very impactful defender this year. Uh, and given his physical tool set, that is pretty that's a scary thought because that guy when engaged and if, if it's all clicked for him on defense, that's the guy who came out of college with the rep of being a lockdown defender. Um, he plays really hard. We've seen that always been great at getting loose balls. If it's really clicked for him, that changes a lot for that team, I think. Uh, maybe and to your point, maybe playing at the one has helped unlock unlock that too. Yeah, um, no, he's look, he's had a really good season. Um, honestly, like I said, the, I, I mean, I, I said this last week when they were doing the All Star stuff, but like, I thought the only other guy, uh, look, Halliburton, whatever, right? he was gonna get, he was gonna get the starting nod, guaranteed. We knew that, um, but like, the only guy, like to me, it was obvious that it was a decision between Brunson or it should have been a, a decision between Brunson and Mitchell. They were, they're both clearly better than Dame this year, have been better than Dame this year. Um, and what about Trey? Obviously. Uh, and, and um, given uh, like, obviously as a Knicks fan, I'm biased towards Brunson. I'm going to, always pick Brunson over Mitchell in, in this all-star debate and just in general, but like for non-Knicks fans, that was the decision to me to make, not fucking Dame. Dame's been garbage, man. For his standards, he's been garbage. Um, those two guys have done a lot. They've had to carry their teams in a lot of ways that Dame obviously doesn't have to because he's playing with fucking Giannis. Um, but like yeah, Mitchell's Mitchell's had a really special year. He's had a really, really good year. And I wouldn't be surprised to see him start getting a little bit of MVP buzz as they keep up their run, which they should. I mean, their schedule coming up is a joke. So um don't be surprised if they rattle off like a 16, 17 game win streak here. I think they're at six right now. Their next eleven games are a joke. They're fucking awful. They have like the only difficult game potentially would be against like Orlando. Yeah. They'll need a Wagner will need to come up with some magic there. Um, yeah, it's um, they have the they have the longest win streak um, now, right? Obviously, yes. The Knicks lost. Yes. The good news is the Knicks schedule is also opened up. Um, you know, I was saying before this season, right? I went through the schedule and I was like, we're going to be hovering around 500 for a long time. Like I had them getting to like 19 and 15, 20 and 16. That's what I saw. Like right before the All Star break, that's when you start, and and that's kind of what happened. Now the the mechanics of it were a little different. Um, that 500 record was probably more worrisome than I anticipated because of just how poor the Knicks defense was before the OG trade, and afterwards they've been as dominant as they have been, not just as a result of the schedule opening up, but also obviously just all the metrics that show they've just become an insanely elite defensive team. I think that if, that if they play Cleveland in the second round, or maybe I mean, we'll see. Um, it doesn't look like Cleveland's going to fall back to four or five. The Knicks shouldn't either. But you know, if the injuries are too too much, it looks like that probably that four or five rematch wouldn't happen. But if that were to happen in the second round, I think it'd be a bloodbath. I legitimately think it'd go seven games. Um, and um, and yeah, and, and Boston, 
if Boston can manage that one seed, to your point, it's probably a, a, a Milwaukee team with a lot of holes that I think Boston matches up well against, or Philly. Or I mean, if Philly just fall, if the bottom falls out, I don't even is it Indiana? I guess the you know Orlando seems to be turning into a pumpkin. Atlanta has been playing better, but you know it's there. They have a lot of issues. I guess the other question is, um, in making a move, right? Do you think about, you know, let's say, um, do you think about the competitive landscape at all when thinking about moves? As in, you know, let's say Dejounte Murray got traded, right? Or, you know, if Bruce Brown instead of getting traded to, um, you know, to us, if he gets traded to Cleveland. Um, is it all, is it worthwhile in your eyes to like make a move to prevent your rivals from getting better? Or is, no. does that not really factor in much for you? That should never factor in. Like that I just I I hate that idea that oh you should um that you should like take um I don't know. Like you, to me, you have to make moves that better yourself and not to prevent other teams from getting a player. Like that just like, you know, the Knicks did this. Like they could have gone down to Mitchell. We know they could have gotten him if they wanted him. Um, or if they wanted him as badly to the point that they were like, well, we can't let him go to Cleveland. They didn't feel that way. So I, I don't think the Knicks would operate that way. Yeah, um, it definitely feels like a double whammy, um, but um, I have to agree there. Um, and then getting back to like how you differentiate. So, you know, one of the things that worries me is like with Bruce Brown, I can see lineups with him and Hart just being left all by themselves, right? But he gives you good defense. He gives you some playmaking. There's been some debate about whether he could actually man that backup one role, but um, I think the threshold is probably lower because Deuce is at least functional as a ball handler. You just need someone to kind of co-share with him. But how do you kind of, I know you said like just getting anybody is good, but like how do you weigh, for example, the fact that Clarkson is a sieve on defense, um, but is probably a better shooter, though he, even though he hasn't been shooting the ball well. Uh, and the other thing I'll say is like how important do you think it is to get someone who can play both the one and two, right? Because I look at if the, the need is just backup point guard, you know, Tyus Jones is unexpiring. You could probably get him for like a second um, and, and salary. If you have to give up Fournier, then maybe that's something you want to avoid. Um, but do you think it has to be kind of a, a more versatile guy? Because that's probably a knock on a guy like Clarkson too, right? Who probably you don't want to play next to Brunson. So I'm curious how you're thinking about those trade-offs as well. I feel like Brunson is pretty easy to play off of though, right? It's more of a side. Like if they get Tyus Jones, I think Tibbs probably wouldn't play them together, right? Whereas Brogdon, he'd be more comfortable with that. Or um, a guy like Clarkson, because of the defensive, I don't know that he'd want to play him with Brunson. So you know, uh, but obviously those guys give you other strengths in terms of creation and, and shot making that maybe a better defender wouldn't give you, right? So the Tyus Jones thing, I, I I'm not even sure I'd want him. Um, he wanted to start. He's going to be a free agent after the season. I feel like you're trading for a guy who has a very strong chance of leaving um, right and now. And if it's like, a second to for a rental, that wouldn't be the worst, maybe, right? Wouldn't be the worst. If, I mean, if it's just a second, sure. But all the reporting has been that Washington wants wants more for him than that. And um, 
you know, maybe that's bullshit. Obviously, I think a lot of this stuff is posturing before the deadline. But I don't know. Tyus Jones to me just not not really the the one. Um, Clarkson, I think, is intriguing. Um, I don't have any interest in meeting whatever Utah's for sure ridiculous asking prices on him. Um, but like a protected first of some kind and Fournier for Clarkson, not insane. Um, look, I the Knicks have this protected first and for and and Fournier is expiring. They can put that out there for any of these guys, and it's a competitive offer. It's not a bullshit offer. Um, Brogdon, I think, is clearly the best option of of anybody who could potentially be gotten at the deadline, at least for our purposes. I don't know that he will move. Uh, the 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 rumor mill has it that he is happy in Portland, and Portland is happy to have him. Maybe that's bullshit. Again, maybe that's posturing, but as it stands. Um, I don't know. I uh, a guy like Tyus Jones, though. I don't know. I'm I'm not really in on that idea. I would I'd rather have Bruce Brown than him, even given Bruce Brown's struggles as a shooter and whatever. Like that, he's not a pure point. He's not a real creator or whatever. Um, I think Brown's a flat out better player. I think Brown is fits what this group's this team's identity is in a way that Tyus Jones doesn't. Um, that's also why I think Brogdon would be the best fit. Like he is tough. He is a big dude. I don't think he, he's not a good defender. Um, so I'm not suggesting that, but he is strong and he is physical. He gets to the rim. He can score inside the arc. Like Brogdon fits the bill for what I think this team's identity is in, in, a, in a lot of ways as well. Um, but if he doesn't want to move and they don't want to move him, you have to move on and you have to find something. And, and, and again, more than anything, like, they just need to get another NBA player right now because they're thin, right? As it stands. I mean, the Mitch injury, I think they had basically figured out how to survive without Mitch and not just survive, but thrive without Mitch. Um, obviously precious being good has been a massive boon to them as well, but like losing Randall OG and Grimes in such quick succession. That's a lot. You need to get a body in. So, Again, Bruce Brown would not be my number one target or anything like that. And in an ideal scenario, sure, I'd want somebody who can shoot better and whatever and is more of an actual creator. But, like, this is not an ideal scenario. You're not... Brown even a great defender, though. Like, defensive EPM says him and Brogdon are equal. They both have the same value. I, I would what imagine... What, like 50-something? What? What are they, like 50-something? I don't know what the rank is, but they're both, I think, negative 0.2. So they're basically neutral defenders, average. Yeah, I mean, I, I would just say, like, anecdotally, I think Brown's pretty clearly a better defender than Brogdon. Um, I know a lot of impact metrics don't love Bruce Brown, which is also why, like, you can probably get him. Um, he's not perfect. Again, he's not. He's got flaws. He's not. He, this is not going to be, you know, equivalent to getting OG Ananobi. Like, that's not the type of impact that you're going to get out of this. But there is a value in simply like, hey, would I rather have Bruce Brown eat some minutes or fucking Malachi Flynn? And hey, Brunson's playing a lot of minutes. Can Bruce Brown reduce his minutes load by like, like he's playing like 38, 39, 40 plus, whatever. Can he make it so that we don't have to extend Brunson beyond 35 minutes? 
because that's really what my main concern is and what my main target is in any trade is like, that's the question I would just be asking myself. Does this player help us ensure that we don't run Jalen Brunson into the ground before the fucking playoffs while we're waiting for OG and, and Randall to get back? And I don't know that Bruce Brown guarantees that, but I mean, I think he would definitely help to that end. Yeah. I mean, in terms of the identity, so I mean, what are, where are you, I've heard mixed things. Like I've, there are people who say, you know, Bruce Brown ran the bench units for the Nuggets. There are those who are out in his creation. Where do you kind of fall on that kind of evaluation? Because there's another player I wanted to talk about as well. But for what? How do you, how would you evaluate? Like, where do you fall on Bruce Brown's ability to possibly be like the guy who runs bench units? I mean, I would suggest that he would probably be better at that than Deuce. Or Hart, probably, right? Hart is really often the guy doing it. I, I don't want to talk about Josh Hart. <laughs> you don't have I the Hart really to talk don't about I can't talk about this guy right now. He's just... He's under 52 true shooting. I, I don't know what to say. Like, he's been fucking awful on offense this year. I, there's, yeah, the coast-to-coast drives are great. That's not offense, dude. That's like... Or it's offense, but it's transition. His half-court play has been a fucking abomination. He's been atrocious this season in the half-court. Um... He's good for Jalen Brunson's morale for keeping your superstar happy. I mean, there are plenty of other people like that can do that. Um, I don't unless Josh Hart has some special power to to achieve happiness for Jalen Brunson. Um, I don't know. I I can't talk about him right now. I, I he's just I I love the guy. I just, he's driving me fucking nuts watching him this year. I just can't do it. I can't, I can't be rational about him right now. And I don't want to uh, discuss him because he's making me very angry. But you're, so you're, you think that Brown at least clears that threshold of better than Deuce, even if it's not a perfect solution. I can get behind that. I, I don't I even, I, I wouldn't even say he's better than Deuce. I would say that he is more capable than Deuce of a specific thing. Like he is more capable than deuce of can i beat this man off the dribble and get into the paint like that that is a thing they like you said like brunson has he's averaging 25 drives a game right now after these injuries and it's because he has to do it because nobody else is shifting the defense in any way that matters um so like just getting somebody i don't know look again i'm not suggesting bruce brown's gonna come in and we're gonna be like holy shit look at his gravity he's getting into the paint collapsing defenses but like he is capable of getting into the paint. And he is a reasonably good decision maker when he gets into the paint as a, you know, as a driving kick guy, as a guy who can finish at a decent clip. Like he's good enough at those things that it's better than what the Knicks have at their disposal right now. Um, like they miss quick, they miss RJ in in this in this regard for sure. So like they need to get another guy if that guy is not doesn't check every box that's okay you just got to check enough boxes that it is worthwhile to bring you in and you can help this team tread water and wait for their big guns to get back yeah um so another guy i want to talk about speaking of kind of a guy who fits the team identity and culture what if i told you that there's a guy who is arguably one of the top five perimeter defenders in the nba available advanced stats like him about as much as OG 
who's shooting 41% from three is not really a point guard, but has shown the ability to distribute um, and kind of looks like Elmer Fudd. Is that something you might be interested in? Sorry, say that again. I'm just reading this quote. I'm just, I'll read it. Uh, This is from Begley. On Ananobi's elbow injury, I was told he was improving late last week. Thibodeau was asked recently if the Knicks would bring back, bring Ananobi back if there was a chance they'd re-injure the elbow or if they would wait until he was 100% healed. He didn't directly answer the question, but he suggested that the Knicks wouldn't want to risk further injury to Ananobi's shooting elbow. Wait, did he? Did it say that he aggravated? Is that the first part of the quote? Uh, it doesn't say anything. No, it doesn't say that at all. Yeah, so I mean, the way I interpret that is he's probably not going to come back before the All-Star break, right? That Whatever, sounds that like probably not. Probably not. Um, no, what I was saying is, yeah, speaking of the team identity, what if there was a guy who was available who's maybe one of the top five perimeter defenders in the NBA, um, shooting 40% from three this year, um, has experience running point guard, even though he's not really a point guard, um, impact metrics like him about as much as OG Ananobi, and he kind of looks like Elmer Fudd. Is that something you might be interested in? Uh, Alex Caruso. Um, look, I love Caruso. I think he's awesome. And I have, prior to the OG trade, or even after the right, right after the OG trade, the reason I was kind of down on, not down on Caruso, but down on acquiring Caruso uh, is I was like, well, the Knicks just need more offense now. Like they, the Caruso, he strengthens the strength, right? Our defense is great. We don't need more defense. Um, I'm again, like this is the same concept to me as Bruce Brown. We're like, if there's a price that you're willing to pay for Caruso and it's within what you believe is his value with the range of his value, then, then go for it. Like he's a good NBA player. He's a hundred percent going to help you win more basketball games. And even if, you know, it's, you know, kind of diminishing returns, right? So our defense is already elite. How much more elite can it get? Even if you want to apply that standard, like, again, just having another NBA player that can take some minutes and alleviate the load on Brunson is massive. That's what they need. So, like, is Caruso the exact type of player I'd want in this scenario? No, not necessarily, but I'll fucking take him at this point. He's 100% going to help his team. And he's going to help us not kill Jalen Brunson, so that's good. I mean, do you think do you think he's as capable of Brown or even more of running those bench units, or is he? Do you think there's just too many limitations off the dribble? Because the guy's a good passer. I just think he's not enough of a shot creator, and they need more shot creation. But like, he's he. You're right. He is. He's a good. He's good enough at ball handling. He's good enough at driving. He's sh- shooting a career high from three this year, I believe. Um, career high in attempts too, for a game. Yeah, so I mean that's that's a good sign, even if he comes down a little bit. Like I mean, the biggest thing with Crusoe is you know that he can play at the highest levels. It's really that simple. Like there's no ambiguity of like, well, can he do it? Like, and we know he can play. He could definitely play with Brunson. He, I, I, I'd, I'll say this. I'll say this. If he takes minutes from Josh Hart, I'd be very, very happy, because Alex Caruso will shoot the fucking ball. He's a better shooter, and he's a better decision maker when he puts the ball on the floor in the half court. No fucking doubt about it. I mean, Josh Hart is—he took a fucking shot last game against the Lakers, 
He had an open throw. He pump fakes drives. And then he took this ridiculous, like, fading. It was back-to-back possessions where he passed up an open three. This was the second one, I believe, right? Where he took yeah, he took away. this ridiculous, like, pull-up fading jumper at the free throw line that wasn't even close. Alex Crusoe won't do that. So, like, that will be good and will help us. And so, yeah, for that, so for that reason, I'm out. No, I'm not out, actually. This is a shitty Shark Tank reference. No, I'm in. I, I look, I... I will also say there's, uh, you know, you mentioned, you know, do you want to acquire players to keep them away from your competition? Like, I think there's a world where like Boston would try to trade for Caruso and keeping white. him. Well, that too. Um, but he's locked in for the next two years on his contract, I believe, which is a cheap, it's a cheap number. I don't think they want to pay Drew after the season what Drew necessarily wants to pay. So getting Caruso in would definitely go a long way towards avoiding that scenario where he's holding them uh, at, to ransom. But like, independent of that aspect, I mean, Caruso just fits everything like that you ultimately want. You know, when you're talking about the identity of a team, like what does Caruso not like? You know what I mean? Like Caruso is like very much the identity of this team. He he checks off all those boxes. Um, I just have a little bit of concern of like how truly effective can he be offensively? But again, like the Knicks offense has cratered even more um without Brunson on the floor since the since the trade. And and even more so now with Randall and OG out. Um it's not like Caruso is going to make that worse. You know what I mean? So yeah, bring, bring him in. If they can get him, like, look, if the Knicks can get Alex Caruso in, we're going to win the championship this year, folks. Sorry to tell you. Uh, but like if they <laughs> legitimately in a Caruso deal, how many years does Caruso have left on his contract? Let me, let me just look. Um, So Alex Caruso is, He's about to turn 30 in 15 days, actually. Um, but he is under contract through next season at $9.9 million. Uh, Shout out Ferris Bueller's day off. Nine times? Um, if you are comfortable giving him another contract after this one and give him whatever he feels he deserves to be paid and you're comfortable paying him what he feels he deserves to be paid. Um, yeah, go for it. Like, I, I, I think if you, if you already believe Grimes is not part of your long-term future, getting a, and, and you believe that Caruso can be or will be, I mean, why not? Right. But I imagine you wouldn't trade Grimes for, I mean, the why not would be, is it more valuable to use Grimes in a star trade? I assume you wouldn't trade him for the other guys we discussed, right? No, fucking hell no. Are you kidding me? That'd be that'd be ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, I, I that's kind of it. If we want to, if we're making an upgrade because we literally just need depth, and everyone is imperfect, I think Caruso's by far the best player available, right? Um, the other thing I'll ask, I have a feeling I know your answer. There is no price at at which it could go low enough where you would want. Um, DeJounte Murray on this team, right? Even if it was just like a first and 48. DeJounte Murray could fucking like 
fucking he could touch my feet and and beg to come to New York and I'd tell him to kick rocks. Um and then oh the another guy I've seen, you know, if the if the Lakers end up trading for Murray, would you have any interest in being the third team in a DeAndre Russell deal if it's literally just like we have to give up Fournier, but it just I would be fine with that. I mean I I take that. That's fine. Yeah, I don't know if that, that trade is gonna happen, but um but yeah, I mean he would fit those like He's he has for Flash has been a solid defender. That is not the case this season, but he has in his career shown the ability to be a good defender. I don't love the fit with him off ball next to Brunson, but he's capable of it late in games at least. He can shoot, um, and he's, he's having fine. a really strong offensive season. He is having a strong yeah. offensive season. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he can run those bench units, right? Um, not the best off ball player, but probably a little bit better at, at what the Knicks need than someone like DeJounte and will be cheaper. Right. So, um, you know, I, I could see that happening, but you'd need the Lakers to, they, they probably aren't going to just, they're not going to dump D'Angelo. They'd be having to it'd be as part of getting, um, you know, Murray or something. So. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I think, if I was ranking this stuff, honestly, I think Caruso might just be my, my like, just go get Caruso. Like, just do it. I, I don't know. Like, the Knicks are really good. Caruso's a dog, uh, which I know is huge for you. Um, that that dog requirement is is marked off. But, like, Caruso's just really fucking good. And the Knicks are really good, and they should operate like a team that is really good. I don't know, man. Like, if Caruso, what, what, like, let's say the Bulls, like, we want... We want your first this year, one of your first this year, the better of your two first, the Mavericks pick or your pick, and we want the Milwaukee pick next year. I mean, I, I think that and I'm pretty Brandon. like. Or you think if they ask for Grimes and you say, all right, we're only giving you one protected then? Yeah, I mean, I feel like there's a negotiation. They want an OG type return. That's yeah, what they and, say. I, and I want, you know. Rihanna to call me back like who cares like it's it just it's not gonna happen um I don't know like I I would probably I, I would do that if that's if that's if that was the trade I would I'd do that uh, I think the Knicks should do that if they if that's available to them like I don't know man Caruso is really good and he would 100% make this team like uh, I don't know I have no idea. He, I, I just think they'd be a contender. Like, no I mean, question. Uh, imagine the Deuce Caruso, I guess Josh Hart or Grimes at the three. No, nope. OG, well, OG and Hartenstein. Yes. That would be an insane defensive lineup. That sounds like pure hell. And I do wonder how I I would seriously wonder how much do, how far does the diminishing returns on defense go because. There's just no one to attack on this team, right? I mean, if you have to deal with one of Caruso or OG at all times, a lot of the time, both of them, add in, of course, like maybe the best rim protector in the league in Hardenstein, then you still have guys like Precious. Um, for all his problems, Hart has been solid on defense at least, right? If they manage to keep Grimes, that's another perimeter defender. Deuce is a, is a fucking menace on ball. Um you're building into this identity. Will there be spacing issues? Yeah. Um, but if, if they're if they're seriously considering Bruce Brown, which again, I don't want to knock the guy. Um, I just I would have liked the fit a lot better if we didn't already have Josh Hart. Um, but he was very there's a reason the Knicks were interested in free agency. 
um, you know, is a very good connector, which the Knicks definitely needed before. Um, and, you know, probably in some ways still do. Um, showed the ability to shoot a little bit last season. But if they're considering Bruce Brown and, you know, I think that the worry is that you have some of the issues that they had against Miami last year when Hart and RJ shared the court. I would just say I'm with you there that I would just rather just go for um, just to pay the little bit extra and, and go get like the archetype of or the the platonic ideal there in Caruso, who um, who does so much to accentuate this team and, and low volume, but is a capable shooter as well. Um, and I think I think if I was higher, if I really thought Bruce Brown was that level of defender, I'd probably be higher on that move. I'll, I'll talk myself into it for sure. But um, uh, you know, I, I think um, no, I mean, I think it's important to get someone with the right attitude. But I also think we read sometimes into the wrong things. Like, oh, maybe Brogdon doesn't really care that much if he's fine staying in Portland. Like, no, I don't really think that's it. Um, but um, you know, the other thing I'll say, yeah, I, I think that you know, in terms of ranking them. The only thing, the, the reason the Russell trade is so intriguing is like if they can actually pull that off without giving up any assets, to the extent that you think a Fournier's expiring contract is, is an asset, that would be like pretty good, right? So um, if they can't get Brogdon, I think Caruso or Russell would probably, Russell just because of the cost. I think Bruce Brown's a better player. Um, and then the one thing I'll add on, on Jordan Clarkson is I looked up drives for game. Um, I think it posted on the Discord, but he's actually at 14.7 drives per game, which is just under DeJounte Murray, who's at 15.1. So Clarkson actually probably the most, like, I think a lot more people think of the shooting and kind of the, the space creation on perimeter, but he's actually, he would give you, he's of the guys besides Murray that the Knicks are looking at, he probably gives you the most rim pressure. Um, but, you know, you have age tax and, you know, you do, I do wonder at this point, you know, given the age, like how real is the shooting slump he's in? But um, there's definitely some options. And, and to your point, the Knicks will have to do something, if for nothing else, just to turn into the Memphis Grizzlies. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to push. The, look, they, these guys are giving you everything they've got. And that's fine. I, I understand. Like I, I don't lose my mind about extending a guy's minutes for in situations like this. And like, yeah, like for a game or two games, whatever. I get it. Like, look, let's be real. The Knicks played that Pacers game and that Lakers game like it mattered to the team to keep their winning streak going. Like it was important to them, to the players. And I think for Brunson specifically, that Pacers game was important on a lot of different levels. Um, so like I am fine with that. And like, look, let's be real. Like that that Lakers game, that was a national TV, you know, 8.30 p.m. spotlight game. Like it's the Lakers, it's LeBron and MSG. Obviously there's, there's a, it, it, its own motivation for that. Um, but like tonight against Memphis, like these are the games where you're like, man, it would be really nice if we don't have to fucking play Jalen Brunson 58 minutes tonight to get this win. And, you know, just, I don't think they will need to, but given, given the, the, the Grizzlies walking wounded situation, but like, you would feel even better about the ability to avoid that if you went out and got another piece, right? Be it a Caruso or even a fucking Bruce Brown, who is like the knockoff dime store version of Caruso. Um, those guys would just help you avoid that. And it's not, and it's not just Brunson, right? Dante's playing a shit ton. Josh Hart's playing a shit ton, unfortunately. Um, like if and when a lot of these guys, back, he'll have to. 
Yeah. And OG, OG has played a lot. Like these guys have all played a lot of minutes. So, I mean, this is why like precious being legitimately good, at least defensively has been a huge lifesaver for the Knicks in a lot of ways, because he's helped reduce the minutes load that Hartenstein was getting and, and Randall for that matter too, before he got hurt. Um, so yeah, I mean, we need, like, I, I can't really stress it more than I already have. The Knicks really, really need to get something done at this deadline. Um, they need to get, get about another body in. I mean, do you think it's worth to go after multiple people? Like, especially since Hartenstein, since you have this issue, since Randall and OG are both out, you know, is it worth maybe re-examining if they want to go get a big or, you know, a stretch four or something? Like um, I don't think that I, I wouldn't, I would not go get a Kelly Olenek at all. I would have zero interest in getting him. Yeah. I mean, I guess as part of that, I mean, is that just the precious thing or cause like, I, I know you wanted at one point, you were pretty adamant that they need to be able to go a five out, but I guess you can do that if you're, you know, if, if need be with Randall and OG. Sorry, say it again. You at one point, I remember you're pretty adamant that they should they should at least get some kind of a five who can stretch the floor. Is that just less of a priority now that they have OG and you know they can just do that with him and Randall? Well, that that's part of it. And Precious has been good, so I just don't care to get like another stretch five. Like I think Precious obviously is not a stretch five, but he gives you mobility, which I think is really the bigger piece of what you're looking for when we talk about stretch five or smaller lineups or whatever is you want that mobility from your five and precious has that. Yeah. Could you see them targeting multiple players given just how bad, like it's, you said 6.5, right? Even one guy maybe doesn't solve all those problems. Um, I just don't know that they can get multiple guys. It'll be hard, right? Because of the way the, the contract, like they have Fournier and I don't know, man. I, I don't I don't know how do you even have space for multiple guys? Like your roster is pretty full here, especially if you don't move out Grimes. I don't know. Archie Diacono. Yep. He is a basketball player. That is one hundred percent. He gets his sure. defensive three second violations. So for the other team. So that God, I hated that story. That story was so ridiculous. I mean, our uh, players, yeah, go ahead, sorry. I, I will say, uh, I mean, maybe you can get Javon Carter from like the so the tricky thing with the Bulls is Caruso's such a cheap contract that like the Knicks they you they need to like Chicago would need to add another salary or a couple salaries to make it work. Um, you know, maybe you can do like maybe they would do Tory Craig and whatever the hell Terry Taylor is allegedly. Um, that should be enough to make the money work, but like. I mean, maybe you can get Javon Carter. I don't know if the, if you wanted to get if you did get Javon Carter, maybe that makes a guy like Crimes more expendable in another move. Like I don't know. Um, well, we literally that's have Javon Carter at home. Like yes, yes. Deuce McBride is literally this. They played at the same school. They played the same position. Played for the same crazy coach. They're literally the same player. So I do like Carter a lot. That's part of the reason mm -hmm. I like Deuce. But yeah, no, I like Carter. I think he's a good player. I, I still don't understand why exactly the Bucks decided to not keep him. Um, but good work by them as always. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I like Carter. I wouldn't mind him as an addition into the trade or something like that. But um, yeah, it's just, I don't know. If the Knicks trade out, if they traded for a couple of guys and they project both 
players or whatever multiple guys to be actual rotation guys, then you almost have to move out Grimes in a, in a trade. So if that's their logic, fine. But I, I personally, I would rather have Grimes than Javon Carter. You know what I mean? So like, I'd rather have Grimes than most players that are available at the deadline right now that we've talked about. So, you know, I, I'm just not really in on that move. Probably all of them besides Caruso and maybe Brown, right? But Bruce Brown is pretty fit dependent on this team. I still probably prefer Grimes. I'd rather have Grimes than Brown right now, for sure. Like, especially, yeah, like 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 you mentioned, like especially given our roster, I'd rather have Grimes right now. If, you're, if they're playing next to Nikola Jokic, it's a different story. But um, I don't know. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, might still want, I, I might still want Grimes then next to Nikola Jokic. All I know. You get a ton of open threes. Uh, the only other guy I think that who's come up that we haven't talked about is old friend Alec Burks. Um, I don't know if you think there's much smoke there. I mean, if you think he's washed or. Um, I would be not a huge fan of that he doesn't get into the paint which i think is the primary thing that they really struggle with like i don't think shooting is actually an issue for this team it's an issue when tibbs decides like he wants to play hard at the two or something but that's a tibbs issue when they're at full strength they have enough shooting um brooks obviously a great shooter but you know he he's just not i, I think it's fun to remember some of the fun times that uh, you remember when remember when it's it's well he has experience yeah, playing the point guard position I forgot what team it was but the entire second half of the season he played like forty <laughs> minutes a game at point guard um, yeah. uh, I think trading back for Alec Brooks would be the lowest form of conversation that's <laughs> lower that's than Dejounte right. Murray. <laughs> well, Dejounte, you're not going back, right? Dejounte Murray would be a, a new a new face. Um, but uh, Alec Burks, you know, I don't know. I I yeah, might get I mean, annoyed. If Paulie brings him up. What? I I might be annoyed if Paulie brings up uh, Alec Burks to me one more time. Um. He, so Alec Burks at three point nine drives per game. He does. He's always done a good job of getting to the free throw line. This year, only one attempt a game. But even that one year when he couldn't finish for shit, that was like his strength, which I think mitigated a little bit um, lack of rim pressure. But I don't know. I think he would give you the ability, a guy who can just absorb some usage when Brunson is out. If it's like a second, I wouldn't hate bringing him here. Because um, obviously defend, um, obviously not the perfect player. But to your point, you know, we just need to bring Jeff bodies in here. Like I, I wouldn't mind that. And obviously, like he gets the culture and, you know, Tibbs likes him, so. No, I mean beyond that, like I think he just seems like a, a pretty low maintenance guy. So, um, yeah, 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 I agree. Um, I guess we'll see. Um, I don't know. This deadline is the slop has not been slopping very hard. So, um, hopefully, we get some action in the next uh, few days because. I don't know how much more I can talk just about uh, how great the Knicks are. I don't think the Knicks get this. I mean, look, hopefully they just take care of business tonight. This Memphis team is the walking wounded. I mean, who are they, who's uh, even playing for them now? Are they, are they are they getting a lot of guys back from last game? No, they're getting, like, nobody back, probably. Yeah, who, I'm, trying, I'm looking up their last game. Like, who even Jacob Gilliard and I don't know. 
I think the one recognizable person I saw was Luke Kennard. And Gigi uh, Jackson. Like 30 shots. What? Gigi Jackson. Yeah. And is um, Vince Williams playing? I think Vince Williams is playing. I don't know. He's playing. Right he he he's gave playing. us some work last time. I remember he won. No, he's good. He's he's been good for them. He's been good for them. Uh yeah. 131 to 91. They lost to Boston. Um I like it looked like they had 14 players injured, so I don't even know how they had guys, but they had Gigi Jackson, Rod, David Roddy. I don't know who Trey Jamison is. I don't know who Jake Gilliard is. And then their bench was uh, so. Oh, who was you know their leading scorer was? This is a fun trivia question. Sorry, say it again. Do you know who Memphis's leading scorer was in this game? Uh, he has the same name the as a Hall of Famer. Against the Celtics. Yeah. Um. Well, it can't be Kenny Lofton because he's not on their team anymore. Nope, wrong sport. Uh, this person has the exact same name as a basketball Hall of Famer. I generally have no fucking idea. And his mom is dating Michael Jordan's kid. Scotty Pippen? Scotty Pippen <laughs> Jr., yeah. He was the leading scorer for Memphis with 19 <laughs> points in that Celtics game. So, off the bench. Wow, what a player. What a player. Um look, I, I don't know. They're 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 struggling. They're struggling. So the Knicks need to get this done. Yeah, I mean it's sad, you know, like anytime you have a, a great team like that, and it is a really they're what the two seed last year a couple years ago. It's, it's sad when they when they go so young like that. <laughs> but I mean I think to that point, right? That's another when they go for- so young. When they go so young. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got to Johnny Sachs, like, um, his, like, <laughs> outbursts are always, like, he seems like a very calm guy most of the time. So when he loses his shit, it's much more fun. Dude, when he, when he pisses on the guy, that's, like, unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> that whole storyline is so insane. And then the, the best part of it, of course, is the prank call. Um, <laughs> I have blue cross blue shield. <laughs> um, Joe uh, Joe Pantaliano should have uh, should have gotten a, 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 an Emmy just for that scene. Um, that scene is really fucking amazing. Polly, the witless nephew. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, but I, I think to that point, right? Like, even if you have a well assembled roster, and the Knicks are seeing it right now, right? Things can go south very quick. So that's more reason to say, you know, we can't, it's no longer time where we can just keep waiting for next season, or we can say that it's okay if we don't like the East is winnable. Um, You have the right chemistry in place. You have shown the ability to, to not just beat the top teams, but to just destroy them. Um, You know, it's not a now or never thing where you should push all your chips to the table, but it's definitely the the most urgency or the most urgent situation I think they've been in since Leon Rose has been here. Um, where you know, look, if you don't make a move to your point, it's it's good urgency though, right? Made. Like it's it's but, it's urgency because the team is good. It's good that they have to be urgent. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I'm I'm saying like you don't you can't fall back on the fact that you know next year we'll still bring everyone back. They're still young because as you've seen with Memphis and as you're seeing even to a little extent with us right now. That, that, that nothing is, is guaranteed in that sense. So 
Uh, it would. This would be probably the first time. I've been disappointed before, maybe, in moves that I wish they had made. This would be the first time if they actually did nothing here where I would, I don't want to say question Leon Rose, but I would. I, that would be a big mark against them because that's the kind of thing that potentially swings a, a chance at a title. You know, so. Yeah, I mean, again, it's it all also depends. Like, if nobody, like, if really, I mean, this is not realistic, but like, if literally none of these guys gets traded, then we can at least operate under the assumption of like, okay, maybe they made offers, but you know, teams are being unreasonable, and so therefore, they didn't actually have a move available to them. But like, I don't actually like. I anticipate some of these guys moving. I think Bruce Brown will get traded. I think Clarkson will get potentially traded i think i don't think caruso will get traded that's that's the thing like i don't think chicago has any fucking idea what they're doing and they seem happy to just keep like you know uh running running it back apparently nikola vucevic uh thinks that their core needs to stick together and uh you know he's a great mind of basketball i guess so well, uh, that's kind of like Kadarius tony saying i don't get many catches because they don't throw me the ball i wish they fucking threw him the ball That'd be they nice. do it. They, they turn in interceptions for the other team. Bro, I legit fucking hate them so much. Marquez Vanda Valdez Scanling. I watched this guy all season do nothing but fucking fail to track deep balls and drop deep balls and whatever. Then fucking, I don't know what happened. The playoffs started and he was like, oh, I figured it out. I can do this now. Go fuck yourself, fucking piece of shit, fucking Chiefs. Um, fuck them. Uh, Jesus. Um, but yeah, like, I don't know. If, if nothing else, God, I fucking hate the Chiefs so much. Um, if, <laughs> if, if nothing else, um, yeah, like, you think the Bruce Brown thing, I, I think that, I feel like that's like almost like they, they know they can get that done. You know what I mean? Like, they know, okay, worst case scenario, we can get this done. Um, and that's like kind of in their back pocket. Like a safety school. It, yeah, I, I feel like um, you know these other ones like Clarkston or Brogdon or whatever. Those are a little bit more challenging, but they're exploring the market and and they and they know they have some time. Has a team ever traded twice in the same season with a team that they're suing? Um, I I would guess not. I would guess not. I mean, have have, te have two teams made two trades in the same season? How about that? Has that ever happened before? I feel like this is a Matt Miranda question. I I think it's it's really funny that um, I I think it's really funny that like I saw. So I think Begley had this in his piece where it was like they're they're unsure. Like people are unsure if they want to tr make a trade with the Raptors so soon after the OG trade. And I'm like. Why would that matter at all? Like, wh why does it matter that they already made a trade? Like, we made a trade, so now we can't make another one now. Like, why? Why is that a thing? I have no idea. Um, maybe, maybe Woj is like, hold on, we need to, we need to placate the other fan bases, but that's not even happening. So, um, do you have uh, who do you think is going to win the uh, the trade deadline battle whenever anything happens? Woj or um, Woj or Baya? <laughs> Sorry, say it again. Who's gonna win the uh, the trade deadline? Oh. Woj or Baya? I think I think, uh, I think Baya might. Um, I think he think might. Think Shams was the upside. I think he's lost the last couple of years, right? 
I don't know. He's getting all kinds of uh, the Riz God. The Riz God is, uh, you know, he's getting some play from from K from K Adams. So who's really winning and who's really losing here? I, I don't know that anything ever happened there. So I don't a... know that anything happened, but it was fun to pretend like like they were something was happening while they were insinuate like it was it was just a weird thing where he kept going on the show and she kept like flirting on air or she was flirting with him on air that's what it was um yeah i i I, I have like a five dollar bet that they'll make a bollywood movie based on that at some point but just you actually have a five dollar bet with that no well if you want i'll buy you a beer next time i see you if you want (laughs) (laughs) you should just buy me a beer anyway just because you're a nice guy am i I don't know. Not during Eagles games. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> it's fine. I am a terrible person when the Bills are playing, which is why I try to stay off Twitter while the Bills are playing. Um, all right. Uh, I don't know. Is there anything else you want to talk about before we get out of here? Um. No, we already said you said you think the Chiefs will blow them out. Um, yeah, I, 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 God, I fucking hate them. Oh, we should, we should. I mean, congrats to Brunson and Randall for both being named All Stars. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty excited to see Brunson in the, um, in three point contest. Although I said this on Discord, I think that, I just feel like that is, a contest that's that plays to Halliburton's strengths, whereas like he's kind of just a set. I mean, he he is a really good pull up shooter. Don't get me wrong, but like, Brunson's strengths as a shooter are partly just how versatile he is, which doesn't it doesn't really get highlighted as much in the three-point contest but uh but it'll be some fun to see him part just participate no matter what um yeah yeah um we'll see i hopefully hopefully caitlin clark just wins right is it no it's um it's you know is that a separate thing is that like her and steph's thing is that a separate thing yeah but it's not caitlin clark it's sabrina unesco Oh, is that who it is? I I'm really bad with the uh, WNBA players. Um, uh, well, Caitlin Clark is not a WNBA. She is. Yeah, she's in she's college. She yeah. record in the college basketball. I, I just I feel like I've heard her name for so long. I just kind of like assumed she was already in the WNBA. But what is she a senior now? She must be. Yeah. The WNBA is crazy because like I just feel like I see these players that get drafted like you know fucking fifth overall and then. Two years later, it's like, oh, yeah, we waived this person. I'm like, wait, what? Like, how competitive is your league? And and honestly, maybe you well, need to expand. Well, they just started on roster spots, right? So. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You need, they need to expand. They need to get more teams. And they should. The league is expanding. I mean, their ratings are, at least their TV ratings are higher than the NHL right now in 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 America anyway, at least the national broadcast. They probably do need to expand at some point soon, you would think. And also, like, isn't the league pretty close to actually running sustainably now? Without like, yeah, I think it's been doing a lot better. And I think, to be honest, expanding should help, right? Because it'll bring other markets in, right? Um, so I think it's an exciting time to watch. Um, it's exciting that both New York teams are good. Um, sorry, two out of is it two out of three New York teams, or do we count the Nets? That pick me um, thing over in Brooklyn. <laughs> well, it's actually the Liberty play there too, but it is exciting that the Liberty made the finals. Maybe the Knicks will uh, will be able to do the same. Hopefully, they can win the finals though too and yeah imagine if brunson and sabrina both win uh all new york three-point showdown steph can miss out once again on what could have been if he was a if he was a new yorker 
Yeah, fucking coward. Coward <laughs> Seth. He didn't he, he didn't want the challenge. He didn't accept the challenge. I do like this new thing that like I mean, not that it's a new thing, but I do love this like framing of when guys like no, they didn't want the challenge. He just wasn't built for it. It's like, yeah, dude. LeBron didn't have that dog in him. Yeah, LeBron did not have the dog in him. Um God, he's so fucking annoying. That entire thing on Saturday. <laughs> why did he wear the towel? Is that I've never seen that before. The, the you know the why? Because he's a fucking troll and he wants to like pretend like he's I'm totally gonna go to the Knicks, guys. I'm gonna do it unless you trade for this player that I want you to trade for. I'm definitely gonna go to the Knicks. It's like his own fucking thing. He's such a fucking bald ass loser, man. Get the fuck out of here. Stop using my franchise for your own purposes, LeBron. I'm sick of it. I think Mahomes and LeBron are kind of similar in that they're both like obviously arguably one of the top two or three players that ever played their sports, but definitely Mahomes kind of corny like Mahomes can eat a bag of dicks. Fuck that guy. He's such a fucking loser. I hate his guts. <laughs> Fuck him. I can't stand Still... that guy. He's a fucking fuckwad. Um, no, yeah. he's a fucking piece of shit. Fuck him, man. That game after like we beat them in the regular season, he's just crying to Josh Allen on the field. Dude, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, and I, I'm sorry. Like, he doesn't get enough shit. He's a fucking asshole. He's a prick. He's a prick. I don't fucking like him. I think he's annoying. I think his fucking brother is fucking annoying. His fucking wife, girlfriend, whatever the fuck it is, she's fucking annoying. They're all fucking annoying. His fucking voice is annoying. Um. <laughs> It's the weirdest Fuck him. Do you think I his tight ends annoying? I actually don't have a problem with Kelsey at all. Yeah, me either. I, think I mean, I like him because I, I think it's weird that people were like super upset. Like, I think it's stupid that that thing with him and uh, was it Justin Tucker that like that story got like it had like it, it went on for like a week, right? About like the fucking pregame warm up thing. Um, but like no, I I I don't have a problem with that. I think Kelsey's funny. I actually love Kelsey. I've always liked him. I think he's a funny guy. I think he play. He's just it's annoying that he he did the the rope a dope. He was like, no, I'm I'm totally losing a step, guys. And the playoffs they got happened, and he was like, just kidding, just kidding, guys. I'm actually still very very good. Uh, honestly, I mean honestly, I think he might be the best tight end ever. I think at peak, I'd still take Gronk, partly because of the blocking, but. Um... Hey, Patriots losing their spots is always good news for me. I will say on the note of be thankful that Mahomes is annoying because it's fun to hate. Um, I have to say, like, the fact that Eli Manning is kind of a likable dude is is annoying. He's for, hilarious. For my narratives, um, <laughs> it was much easier. It, it's easier to hate when when the person isn't. But I'll, I'll say that. Like, he's he's a funny dude. So he he did he said something funny at the Pro Bowl, right? Where he like made a joke about Tom Brady. No, he rapped. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, and then he was like, and everyone just went nuts. That's, uh, that's pretty cool. yeah. I've always liked Eli. I think he's a funny guy. Um, you really are a funny guy. Um, all right, <laughs> all right. Let's uh, let's get out of here. Uh, Stacy, let the people know they can find you and plug anything you'd like to plug. Um, find me at Stacy Patton eighty nine um, on Twitter, all or X, whatever you want to call it. Um, I'll plug all the great work at the Strickland, but in particular, um, I was not on this piece, but um, most of the other writers on the Strickland did a round table, round table, round table on the trade deadline. Uh, with some interesting questions, uh, some of the stuff that me and Shun were discussing, but uh, a lot of writers much more um, willing and able to talk about it than me uh, at better depth 
um, and smarter uh, wrote on that uh, round table. So you should check that out. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Check out the round table. Um, everybody did a really good job on there. Um, we also, I will plug, uh, we're doing a trade deadline show that is going to be on Thursday from one thirty to four. So looking forward to that. Um, hopefully we get some news. I've, we've done this. So we've done the trade deadline show. I think this is the third year now we're doing it. And the Knicks have never actually made a trade <laughs> during the actual fucking trade deadline. So it would be cool for that to happen. We'll Was see the last the trade deadline trade they made Marcus Morris for, for the pick that became quickly? You're talking about like the actual, like on the day of the deadline, yeah. right? Yeah, I think that was the last. I think that was the last. No, they, oh no, they did, they did, um, was Derek did Rose the traded? No, no, Derek Rose is way before, but they did the Austin Rivers dump. They traded Austin Rivers to the deadline. Uh, and they, that look, they just... got the, they got the pick that ended up being Jericho Sims out of it. So, like, look, all these little moves matter. Um, that's a good value, man. They got a good, like, I, like, I actually, I don't know. I think Sims is, he, he, he is, Brought me back to like I was a little worried watching in the last year and a half because he has had to like start games for whatever reason. Coming off the bench, I'm fine with Jericho Sims. He, they're He's also fine deploying, the they're not like with OG. I, I wonder if they're more willing to do this with OG, but they've been playing more aggressive and more trapping, right? Which plays to his yeah. strengths. Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, but I think that's that was the last trade they made at the trade deadline. Um aside from that, I'm trying to think like. So the last time we made a trade at the deadline, we got Emmanuel quickly. That's that bodes well. Maybe maybe, we'll find the next Emmanuel quickly. Maybe maybe we'll just get maybe quick is like quiet quitting in Toronto and uh once we get him him, because like it seems like he's he's, well he's he's eventually in the rim is cratered, but he's shooting well from three, it looks like. And then yeah, yeah, there's like I think he'll be fine. They, 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 that team, honestly, like, I'm not joking. Basically, everybody on that team at this point, I'm just like giving a pass to, um, because I think that coach, I think Darko's a fucking idiot. Um, so yeah, I like it says more like, I don't know. Everybody on that team, you get a pass for me for this year. Even Scotty, I look, I think he's actually been really impressive at times this year. I mean, he had a game against the Celtics this year where he fucking gave them work. Um, He's been really good, but like their, their biggest issue is they just don't have anybody. And, you know, we are now keenly appreciating this with Randall out, but like when you have two guys who can command attention from defenses, that's really nice. When you have one guy that's necessary, nobody on that team right now has the type of gravity to make the game easier for other dudes. And I think that's ultimately their main problem. Um, And the fact that dark goes a fucking idiot. Um, But Anyway, uh, yeah, but yeah, we have the trade deadline show coming up uh, on Thursday, and then uh, we'll also have Pod Strickland. I'm assuming we'll record that, I don't know, fucking Friday morning or something. Anyway, that's what we have coming up. Uh, all right. I hope everybody has a great rest of your week. Uh, check out, also, check out the pod that I did with uh, Karenjus McBasketball. Uh, that was fun. That was a stricken roll. So check that out too. Uh, all right. That is the show for today. I hope everybody has a great week, and I will see you on. Friday or Thursday, whatever, someday.